Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, it is time for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. From the Cats Paws, we got Aaron Gershon, AG in here, the QB1, Jalen Whitlow, responsible by himself for Mark Stoops' second win against Alabama State. <laughs> we went into detail about that a few weeks ago. Fellas, <laughs> how y'all doing? Man, it's a big week, big week. Uh-huh. It's fun not to be playing uh... – Northern Illinois and Youngstown State, even though that game got a little dicey last weekend and uh, a big one in Oxford, excited to get down there. And uh, it's a big test, but uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. This is a it's been a fun week. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big week, man. And uh, I think across the board, you know, in college football, but definitely, you know, with Kentucky, I think this is a huge game. Um, one of those games that can kind of, you know, raise things up even more, I think, um, if you can go down there and beat Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Uh, so that'll be that'll be big, but uh, very exciting week, man. I'm uh, looking forward to some good quarterback play on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to how, you know, Chris get, you know, kind of eased back into that role, or it may not be an ease back in, it may be just, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> back in. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but um I think it's some exciting things they're going to do on offense with him being back in there um, in that run game, you know, kind of starting to, you know, make the right move towards the right direction. I think that will happen on Saturday. So, yeah, man, good, man. Ready to go. Yeah, jumping back in the conference play. Oh, and y'all have seen it. People being probably a little too upset about, well, the, the defense didn't show up and you only beat them by eight, favored by three plus scores. But to me, as as pissed as Mark Stoops was after Youngstown State, and you know he's kind of edgy, and even in the Collins show he kind of had that little you know irritated mm-hmm. vibe all week. I kind of thought, well, is he going to be the same way after this game? And he was not at all. He was we did nah. things and just a few things at the end. So he kind of he had a totally different outlook going yeah. into this game. Yeah, I think kind of the, the the issues that popped up in that game were all really preventable. It wasn't like a lack of talent issue. Obviously, the first drive, they kind of just drove down the field. And, you know, we've seen that a couple of times with slow starts this year. Miami, Ohio, obviously, on the first drive of the season, you know, went the length of the field really quick, scored that touchdown. And then, you know, they were behind nine at, uh, at Florida, and then they didn't score in the first quarter uh, against Youngstown. So we've seen some slow starts. And uh, that's been a theme. That's definitely something they got to improve on. And then, you know, they're up 14-7 at half. They get a chance to, you know, put some points on the board before the half and 
possibly double dip because they uh, would have had the ball. They got the ball first in the second half and, you know, Lavelle Wright fumbles. Uh, so that that's obviously preventable. And then, you know, late in the fourth quarter, uh, that big play that set up the touchdown was, a you know, the, the, the defensive backs ran into each other. So there was miscommunication there. Um, so really all the big three issues, which was, you know, that first drive, Lavelle Wright fumble, a miscommunication, all preventable. Smoke. And I, I smoke fumble. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on, I say smoke. You're right. It wasn't uh, my my bad. Sorry, Lavelle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Come Put him in the doghouse. He actually, yeah, he fumbled twice in that one too because they recovered. Uh, he recovered the other one, but all preventable things. I think that's why you saw Mark kind of ease it up this week, and even Brad White today was in a good mood. So uh, I guess they feel pretty good. And Scangarillo had some jokes the day before. You know. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Uh, he said uh, Bill Belichick signs guys off the practice squad every week, so he's obviously going to use Jaquez and Keegan to, to his advantage this week, as he should. And he's right. I mean, look, Lynn Bowden signed there right before week one. They played each other. so Ain't, ain't no rule saying you can't. You know, uh-huh. Every edge you can. How do yeah. you think, Jalen, you, you try to condition? If, if You know, C-Rod suspended, you're out. How you try to stay in shape, but be fresh, but you know you're not playing games. How do you kind of is is that a hard tightrope to kind of walk? Yeah, you know, you know how it is, man. You just can't, uh, you can't like replicate what it's like to be out there on a Saturday evening or Saturday night or Saturday afternoon. It's just impossible to replicate that. You know, the emotion that goes into it, the mental energy, the mental drain, along with the physical. Uh, you can't replicate it, but you can do the best you can. I mean, get a lot of scout team reps, have them take, you know, early on in the process. I'm sure he was taking a huge load of the scout team reps uh, for the defense and for himself just standing in shape. I'm sure he's been getting a lot of running outside of practice. I'm sure he's probably had a slightly different lifting schedule from the rest of the guys uh, when he found out that he was going to, you know, be suspended for four, four games. Uh, if I had to guess, his lifting schedule is a little bit different because there's a, is a you know, you – those guys go through phases. Um, even during the season, they go through phases. Uh, there's, you know, multiple phases. A lot of people break it down into four different phases. So I'm sure his got, you know, tweaked a little bit, you know, with him being out those first four games. Um, you know, like like Coach Stoop said and like Coach uh, Scangarello said, you know, you can't – he hadn't been taken to the ground in a while. Um, so that's the thing that you kind of worry about. We saw Cavassier put the ball on the ground a couple times. And I think the um, the annoying part of it for Stoops is that, you know, things like that, putting the ball on the ground, it just, you know, that's what's, that's why, you know, those coaches get annoyed, trust me. Uh, they can do with interception sometimes, but the ball on the ground for running backs is tough yeah. as a coach. You don't, you don't want to see that. But, um, but, yeah, so I think, you know, you know, with scout team and he was getting second team reps and uh, I'm sure he was doing extra whether in the weight room or on the field after practice or for practice, whatever it may be, or what have you, I'm sure he's been uh, trying to condition himself. But you just can't, you can't replicate um, a warm. Well, actually, I don't know how warm it's going to be in Oxford, but you can't be eighty. Yeah, yeah, eighty is perfect. You can't, but you still can't replicate that. You know, going through pregame warmups, which I think has always been way too much. I don't care who, what people say. Pre-game warm-up should not be an hour-long deal or 45 <laughs> minutes long. It's way too much. Uh, it's, it's extremely draining um, for some guys, especially offensive linemen and defensive linemen. But, 
Yeah, so that, you know, he hadn't been through that process yet. And there's there's a conditioning process that take place. You know, you get some guys who are in tip-top shape going to week one, and they dog tired, you know, in the game. So depending on how the game shapes out, we know Ole Miss is a tempo offense. And depending on how th- things work, um, the defense getting quick three and outs uh, or the defense getting them out, getting them off the field and, you know, four, five, six plays, whatever it may be, or what have you. Or, you know, we don't want to see this, but Ole Miss scoring fast and the offense having to get back on the field, you know, how is that conditioning going to take place with the, you know, combining with he hadn't been taken to the ground? I think he'll be fine because I think he's, you know, he probably got such a little motivation that, you know, uh, I think it'd be fine. And, and also last year, you know, the you know, the times he had the ball on the ground and whatnot. I'm sure he yeah. spent a lot of time in the offseason correcting that. So I don't I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Uh probably going way over my time on this one, but I don't think it'd be a huge deal. I just think uh I just think uh, you know, it's a it's a process, man. You know, it is, you know, game shape is a real thing. Um, so We'll see how we'll see how it goes, but I think it'll be fine though. And I and I know I had a question for y'all that I'll save for later, but we'll we'll get to that. Hey, this, this ain't around the horn. Ain't nobody got no time limits. You ain't gonna get <laughs> muted. Or lose yeah, you know, man, I get I can get I can get long winded on some of those answers, man. But uh, <laughs> you I, I try it, to, try that's to... why you're here, man. Shoot, you got that? Uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> unique perspective. Um, but as always, you know, sometimes say at the beginning, sometimes we say it in the middle. But we're coming to y'all courtesy of the Believe Network, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. You can listen to us there straight up off the site or wherever you get your podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, any place where you can get podcast platforms. And feel free to subscribe and leave a comment. Tell us what you think. That just helps support the podcast. But if you subscribe, you don't have to go looking. It comes to your phone. It pops up. You get a notification. Oh, new episode play it and there we are in addition to getting us wherever you get podcasts we're also proud to announce that believe is partnering up with tune in for believe radio 24 7 to bring top podcasts to a 24 7 radio station playing non-stop sports content want to dive in check it out here and it's listen.tunein.com slash believe radio b-l-e-a-v Radio, so Believe in Kentucky is going to be part of that, and there's also a Believe football section of TuneIn. So, football fans, the newest way to listen to your favorite Believe football pod is on TuneIn. Partnering with the audio app to curate a 24/7 Believe radio station dedicated to non-stop football. Check it out. Listen. TuneIn. T U N E I N. TuneIn. dot com slash Believe B L E A V football. Believe football. So couple more ways to get your eyes and ears on us you can listen on podcasts go to tune in you got the app you can check us out and the episodes will pop up there just like they do in other places also we've got a guest i'm gonna send him the link here in just a second we are looking to have brad logan uh he covers old miss for the believe in old miss podcast he's part of believe network like we are so i'm gonna send him this link and hopefully he'll pop in here and get a little Rebels perspective with the game popping on Saturday night. Um, so we'll, you know, they're down there looking forward to it in the Grove and all that good stuff. So I'm well, get this if they show through. up or not, we'll see. It's sold out. They got the stripe out going, but uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, pretty much like you were saying before the show, Vinny, very similar line to uh, Lane uh, to Nick Saban, obviously who he worked under. Uh, 
talking about the fans and how they come out after halftime and it's empty and it feels like a high school game. So, uh, no, it, it'll be a great crowd down there. And there are, I mean, obviously Ole Miss will have the advantage. It'll be loud and rocking for the Rebels there, but there are a lot of Kentucky fans making the trip. Like you, everyone you walk around here in Lexington, I feel like are saying, yep, I'm going to be there. Yep, I'm going to be there. So uh, a large Kentucky uh, contingency coming down. First time playing there in 12 years. So there's that because the in, in, in Oxford, because those other couple meetings have been up here, you know, that the, we don't want to rehash the 42-41 game, but that was in Lexington. So uh, Stoops has never been there. He's the second yeah, most tenured yeah. coach in the SEC, and he's never been to a game yeah. in Oxford. It's crazy. Yeah, even even at, at his other stops. And, you know, one door, you know, Stoops always talks about knocking down doors. And obviously the one door uh, they haven't knocked down as a team is the SEC East, and they're working on that this year. But one door he individually hasn't knocked down is he has not won an SEC West Road game. They're 0-10 under Ooh. Stoops. And a lot of those are at Mississippi State, that place, House of Horrors. I mean, uh, just haven't won there since 2008. Uh, I bet Jalen, I know you you had had to have played there at least once, right, Jalen? Yeah, man. We played there on a Thursday night. Um, and I don't know what's up with that place. But they, <laughs> they, they got some different juju over there. Man. I don't know what they're doing. It's, it's yeah. different. You know, they, you know it's hard – I, it's hard to win there. It is. And you can watch Bama, you know, in the past few years go there and struggle some. Yeah, it could uh, be a trap for Georgia this year after they let Kent State hang with them last week. Yeah. This is for some reason. I don't know why, man, but, uh, you know, you, you those those woods in Mississippi, man, it's, it's a tough, tough place to play. Yeah, but the last SEC. Watermark, the high watermark, 22 points, courtesy of Kent State against Georgia. Yeah, and, but <laughs> – yeah, the going back to Stoops, though, you know, 0 and 10, a bunch of those Mississippi State. You obviously had that really close overtime game at AM uh in 2018, uh, Alabama in 2016. So uh hasn't and LSU in 2014. So it hasn't quite gone their way. Uh, a lot of those games were when the program was still building. And then uh as Kentucky as a program has not won an SEC West pro, uh road game since 2009 at Auburn. So this would definitely be a pretty significant door to knock down. Yeah, I was in the building for that one. Oh, is that right? Those guys, yeah, that 21-14. And, hey, you know, it's, it's crazy. 13 years old. That, that streak is a teenager now. So that's unbelievable. Yeah, that is uh, – yeah, this is a big one, though. And I think I, – I do think it helps that – this Kentucky team that has, I mean, there's a lot of vets, obviously, but you do have a handful of young guys playing pretty significant roles, specifically on the offensive line, that they've already had their first SEC road game. Like, they went to Florida, and no offense to Ole Miss, it's not going to be as loud as Florida at 7 o'clock at night on ESPN after they just had a huge win uh, after the program's been down for a couple of years and their quarterback is being regarded as, you know, the next Heisman. So the crowd is not going to be like what it was at Florida, and they've already had that game under their belt. Uh, so I think I think just the scheduling uh, and then the fact that Ole Miss – hasn't played anybody. Uh, I think those two combinations are, are very helpful in this scenario here. Yeah, I, I think uh, – oh, go ahead. Hey, Jay, no, you go ahead, bro. Yeah, I think – I was thinking about this. I think Kentucky is in a very, very unique place right now. If you think about it – I'm sure y'all have because y'all are into this. But if you think about it, 
okay, what is it like being a Bama fan right now or a Georgia fan? Ah, we've been there before. Kentucky is in a, a place where a lot of the stuff hadn't happened in a while or, Ever. you know, it hadn't <laughs> happened to anybody who's alive lifetime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of stuff that's kind of happening right now. Um, so I think it's a very fun time to be a, you know, not even fo- just football, but a Kentucky sports fan, but definitely football. Um, and, you know, coming from somebody who played there, you know, it's very, very cool to see uh, – kind of the tide turn a little bit, uh, pun intended, with, you know, with with Kentucky football. I mean, it is. Like, it's, you know, um, I remember, you know, you know, it's not fun going through what we went through. Right. Uh, to see things change and see so many, you know, Coach Stoops has knocked down so many doors. You know, I mean, when's the statue coming? You know, that, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, like, that's – Oh, yeah. This, it's a, I mean, this is a big deal. I think uh, – I think, you know, it's easy to go over somebody's head. You know, the average fan that's going to go over their head what type of time we're in right now. Yeah, it's I mean, very interesting. I mean, things are really flipping. You know, things are really flipping. So I, I just think, you know, I just wanted to say that, man, because I thought about it as they were uh, – as they won that game the other day. I was like, man, the, the tide has really turned in Kentucky football. Like, you know, are, are, are extremely proud of what was becoming. I think what's crazy is, and you want to maintain this by and by winning this weekend is you just I know rankings can be whatever a pin whatever, but you look at the AP poll right now. It goes Georgia, Alabama, uh, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, USC, all these household programs, Kentucky. I mean <laughs> that's just crazy uh, to think about. I mean. Uh, like you said, Jalen, when you guys were going through some tough times about a decade ago, I mean, it'd be hard to imagine getting to this point. So it, it is you got to live in the moment sometimes. And uh, Mark Stoops said Monday when he was asked about, you know, he was actually asked and told those teams in front of him. He said the goal is to stay there. I mean, obviously, you don't want to harp too much on being number seven, but it's really important to stay there. It helps with recruiting and obviously uh, helps this current team achieve the goals that they're striving for. And I'm the old head on the podcast, you know, and this seven is the highest they've been ranked since 1977. And that's the year I was born. So that was a few months before I was even born the last time they had such a high single digit beside of their name in the polls. So that's, that's crazy. I've heard, yeah. you know, my dad used to talk about that 10 and one team with Derek Ramsey and Art Steele and all those guys are able to have, Derek on my other podcasts and, and yeah, talking yeah. up with him a little bit. So you heard about all these names and and to see a team actually, I mean, equal that. The old timers will still, you know, give them the nod. But to see a team win 10 games a couple times, you know, for the first time in my lifetime, it is. It is a new, uh, yeah. a new script. Flip the script is flipping, like Jalen said. It is. It is. It's great times to, to be witnessing this. It is, man. Yeah, it, it, it's really – you have a chance for it to be the three best Kentucky teams of all time to be this one, uh, 77 and 1950, where uh, they were 10-1 and one and one, uh, beat number one Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. And even though, you know, some fans maybe – some people just aren't happy unless they're negative and fussing about stuff. And some maybe are – a little hesitant to realize that they are as good as they are 
and still just kind of, uh, are we ranked seventh? Are we that good? <laughs> oh, Miss is good. Like you said, Aaron, they haven't really played anybody, but if yeah. you if you quit just focusing on Kentucky and look at the bigger picture, people in Oxford are probably saying the same thing. Well, we only beat Tulsa by eight when, you know, I mean, Kent State put 22 on Georgia. Oklahoma lost. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's happening everywhere. Every team yeah. got stuff that nobody's – nobody's perfect, but the Kentucky yeah. fans just want to look at, oh, we got this and this and this wrong. Yeah, they oh, want to nitpick. <laughs> yeah, I, you just – again, I go back to all those things last week were preventable. I mean, that kind of even let the game be close. The fumble, the first bad drive and a miscommunication where two guys bump into each other. I mean, <laughs> all things that can get cleaned up in a work week of practice. And we saw how well Kentucky's defense played the first three weeks. And outside of a couple of possessions, they still had a pretty good game uh, last week. And like you said, I mean, Tulsa, who came into that game, one of the best passing offenses in the country. So I got to give them credit there. Their quarterback got hurt in the first quarter. They made that game close with the backup quarterback. And it's not like a backup SCC backup quarterback. It's a um, Tulsa backup quarterback. No, no offense to whoever that is. Yeah. So, and, and Ole Miss was shut out in the second half and they suffered a lot of injuries, man. I mean, Zach Evans, the running back, he's very, I've heard he's very questionable. And if we get that Ole Miss perspective, we'll definitely have to ask about that, but he's very questionable with a hip pointer that he suffered last week. Hip pointer is a tricky, their center is probably not going to play their top pass rushers out. Uh, most likely. And um, that third running back, Bentley, he's out. So, you know, they've got their own issues to work out. And Kentucky, with C-Rod back, I mean, outside of JJ and obviously the guys who are lost for the year, uh, you know, they're, they're they're in a pretty good shape health-wise. But really, you know, you can't read in too much to last week. Honestly, my biggest takeaway from last week was uh, – and Jalen, I want to ask about this. The Pat, uh, you know, five sacks, which stop, which always stinks. But man, overall, the protection seemed a little better, and I thought that was by far, maybe not by far, but definitely Will Levis's best game of the season so far. Yeah, just to piggyback off what you said about the Tulsa game, I think, I think the best sign for Kentucky was that Ole Miss didn't score in the second half. No, you know, and that was after that, Evans came out. Yeah, that that's a that's a psychological thing that can play into old Miss's, you know, mindset coming to the Kentucky game, knowing they're going to play a good defense. We didn't even score in the second half against Tulsa. So when I saw that on Saturday, I was like, that's a good sign for Kentucky. Um, but just, you know, answering your question. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of like, man, like when I saw the five sacks thing and I didn't watch the entire game because I was flipping back and forth to a million different games, but I tried to watch as much as I can. I always go back and watch Kentucky games mm -hmm. after the fact again, anyway, but um, I hated to see that, you know, because, like, you don't want your quarterback getting hit at all. No. You definitely yeah. get a sour taste if your quarterback getting nicked up against the NIU. No disrespect, NIU. I mean, but it is what it is. But I think human nature set in that game. You know, I just really do. I really believe in that. It's really, 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 really tough. It's almost like if you got – it's almost like you ate last night and the person you're fighting this – for this, you know, you're fighting a person for food, and this person had person hadn't had any food in four days. He's probably gonna get the food, you know, because <laughs> he's in a different type of mindset. It's like it's the same thing when you know some of these smaller programs are playing these SEC schools, man. They like they are coming. This is their Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, this is their Super Bowl, and this you got to get. It was a later game. You got to get Kentucky up. 
you know, all day. You got to wait to play this later game against the NIU. Uh, you know, that's, you know, and there's no excuses, but at the same time, it's human nature, man. And they were looking ahead, right? Uh, let's be honest. A hundred percent. You got two guys on the you got two guys on the team probably talking about I can't wait to play Ole Miss. Yeah. So everybody else is talking about it's it's human nature at the end of the day. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, these are human beings. So I think that's kind of what happened a little bit. Uh a little laxadaisical, a little lackadaisical performance on defense at times. Um, but at the end of the day. Uh, you got to acknowledge the fact that, you know, Levis went through the game, zero interceptions. Uh, his, his, you know, completion percentage is looking crazy right now. He's, he's completing the ball. He's, they're getting the ball to their guys. They're distributing the ball efficiently. Um, and it, to a lot of guys, I was really happy to see Tevion Robinson. Uh-huh. We talked about that. I was happy to see Tevion Robinson kind of uh, get off a little bit. That was big. You know, just to spread the wealth in that room a little bit to a guy who's a veteran. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I think they're they're going into this game, you know, kind of clicking on all cylinders. You do want to see less, a lower number in the sack. Statistics. Yeah. You, you want to see that. You know, you want to keep your quarterback clean. I think you'll see that when the run game gets better. You know, I really do. Yeah. I, a couple of things on the sacks, too. I think. And uh, you might have saw something different when you watched it, but two of them I counted were coverage sacks where there was no one open downfield and Will held onto the ball too long. And then I don't know about two of the other ones, but one, Kenneth Horsey just got bulldozed. I mean, there's no yeah. no other way to put it. He got bull rushed and, you know, tip your cap to the to the defensive end there. But, you know, this could be, you know, you look at Ole Miss's defense and they've had a really good year so far defensively. Again, we they haven't played at, definitely haven't played Will Levis or some of these weapons Kentucky has. But, man, they play with that. They play with a lot of DBs and now their top pass rusher, uh, Kahari Coleman, leads them in sacks and TFLs, he's out. And that makes me wonder two things. One, uh, how aggressive are they going to be blitzing? Are they going to really just instead focus on trying to cover up Tavion, Barry on Dane? And two, man, I mean, Chris Rodriguez, he should eat against this uh, this front. And he has, I mean, maybe there's going to be some rust there, but he also has, you know, four games they didn't play and he's going to be healthy. I mean, he's going to have, he's going to be uh, compared to Cavassier, Lavelle, and Anyone else that's touched the ball a lot, he's going to be fresh these last eight games. Yeah, he's going to be fresh. And, you know, Ole Miss running that 3-2-6 type defense. It's really funky. Uh, They got a lot of smaller bodies on the field. But the thing is, and people, you know, always ask, how does that even work? Well, it always looks, you know, a lot of times it'll look like a a 5-6 man box or 7 man box in some cases with Kentucky playing fullback tight ends. Um, and there's always this mystery guy added onto the box coming right. from somewhere. And the, the thing about it is what makes it tough is, again, you got six DBs on the field. So from a quarterback's perspective, you're, you're used to seeing a 4-2-5 defense. You're used to seeing a 4-3 defense, maybe even a 3-4, uh, sometimes even a 3-3, which is kind of what almost what they do sometimes uh, when they get in different packages. But you know, that three, two, six, it just looked like more guys on the field. Yeah. You know, it, it does from a quarterback perspective when it comes to passing the ball. But smaller bodies on the field, I think you'll see a lot of big personnel this game. I really do. I and, think you may see less receivers on the field this game, at least early on, you know, to get them, to get them where you want to get them. Uh, so I think that'll be the thing. And you heard um, – um, Skangarillo talk about packages in his in his meetings. He, he he's always talking about packages. 
you know, two backs, you know, two tight ends, you know, whatever it may be, one receiver and, you know, three tight ends, whatever it may be. You, you, you're always see, hearing him talking about different guys he can put in different positions. He's he, so he, 14 personnel. Yeah. So he, <laughs> yeah, he, he got the 14 personnel, the 22 yeah. personnel. You know, may season 23, but he got he got some personnel stuff up his sleeve. I think that he's gonna break out this game. I really do believe that. You can bank on that. Oh you can, yeah. yeah. You can bank on that. I mean, obviously with Chris coming back, but with them running a three, two, six, uh, they're gonna they're gonna test Ole Miss's manhood a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, and if you know Ole Miss wanna respond by adding bigger bodies or putting guys, you know, in a the box, then you know, Will Levis is also throwing a you know 80% completion percentage at a time. So you know, Ole Miss got to make a decision. So I think this is going to be a chess match a little bit, um, you know, between coordinators. But I think uh, Kentucky has the horses right now. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to be, I think it, I, my prediction is Kentucky beat some, you know, um, pretty, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be, uh, you're going to say, yeah, Kentucky definitely owned them a little bit. You know, they won that game. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be that person. Yeah. I I just think some of the and we sure we'll get to it, but some of the injuries Ole Miss has. I mean, obviously, I don't want to take you know JJ Weaver's a big loss, and we saw that kind of hurt the run defense last week a little bit. But man, if if they're without their top pass rusher in this game, which it sounds like they're going to be, that's just and their top safety Otis Reese is out the first half. He, he had a targeting yep. call. Yep. Uh, so it's tough and Kentucky's got, like you said, I just think they, with Chris back, man, this offense is dynamic. You mentioned, you know, uh, all the stuff that was preventable last week and and maybe because there was a lack of focus. uh, We harped on the the smoke fumble. The upshot dropped before that. And Bates too. They had grass for days. So you factor that in. And then, like y'all had both touched on, you know, with C-Rob being out, you can't play him. Scangarello literally has stuff up his sleeve that he hasn't shown because he can't show it. So <laughs> there's nothing on it. Yeah. Ole Miss hasn't seen it. They can try to maybe guess and assume what he might do. But he literally, like y'all said in his yeah. interview, you know, got some packages that they've been having, you know, been working on all summer but can now finally put it in a game when you get the personnel for it. Yeah, and I think, you know, Juton McLean's back healthy too, and that's a guy Skangrillo talked really highly of, you know, throughout the summer and in the spring. And, you know, he's a guy they were – I really think the plan going into this year was Chris Rodriguez is your starter and Juton is your third down back slash your RB2. And I think now that – now that plan is going to start taking shape and they're going to start seeing a lot of that. So uh, I think he's a name to watch. And he, I think, arguably is the best receiving back in that room. And they want to get more pass catching out of the backfield. That's something they haven't really been able to do yet. Uh, that's not really Cavassier sm- Smoke or uh, Lavelle Wright strong suit. So, yeah, there's just a there's a lot of different ways they can go about attacking the offense as long as the offensive line uh, continues to improve and do their part. Yeah, I think, you know, with him having that NFL background, you know how it is. They, they like to throw the ball to the running backs. So, Juton was definitely in the plans before oh, yeah. the injuries or whatnot. But, um, again, we're, we're dealing with a guy who's tweeting about um, stoops and all that stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> trust me, Lane Kiffin, you know, I've been studying his offense for the past four years. 
like deep dives into his stuff. I got stuff that I probably shouldn't have. Uh, but <laughs> believe me, you know, he'll come out and do some stuff too that they that Kentucky haven't seen. Mm. You know, he have yet to show the pop pass game. He has yet to show uh, mm-hmm. the double move game, the screen and go game. Once they get tempo, you know, and mark my words, you'll see this on Saturday. Once they get tempo running, if they're able to get a, a rhythm, which obviously Kentucky hope they don't. But once they get that going and they're snapping the ball with 33, 32 seconds left on the play clock, watch out for the screen and go. Watch out for the pop passes. Watch out for the trick plays and watch out for the match protection deep shots on the post and the deep yeah. post. That's just what that, they're going to do that. You know, they're going to, you know, they're going to do that trick play coming early. You know, I just, you know, Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin. I, just from the years of me watching him, you know, I, you know, and I'm sure these are staff at Kentucky know this because this is their job. But, you know, for me, who got some information from that I probably shouldn't have, uh, <laughs> th- I'm just telling you, this is, this is this is what what's coming, you know, and it's out there. A lot of these high school coaches are in these databases. They got it, um, but you know it, that's what's coming from. You know, once they get the tempo rolling, you know he's gonna break out the pop pass to the screen and goes, you know that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, to to try to get you know to try to get some some points, some cheap points from him. But um, you know, I think I think they got a quarterback this year who's not as good as a passer as they've had in the past. But he can run, but he's not as good as a runner. As yeah. So I think uh, I think I think Kentucky will kind of uh, do a good job at you know making this guy throw. They haven't shown to be able to throw the ball on a consistent level. So I think Kentucky do, and they got good DBs at Kentucky. You know, so they'll do a good job of you know adding an extra guy in the box, trying to be plus one, and maybe playing some man free uh, and some aggressive some aggressive coverages um, to make. Jackson Dart beat him with his arm, which I don't think they can do right now. Yeah. Uh, so Aaron Judge finally hit 61 yeah, while we're doing this, of course. Ago, Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. Uh, no, you know, uh, something while you were saying that, Jalen, I'm thinking about Jackson Dart. Uh, obviously, he's in his first year at Ole Miss. He's a sophomore. You know, I, I wonder, this is one of those games where, you could shake a guy's confidence. He's never played an SEC game before. I mean, last year he played against uh, – he threw two picks against UCLA in a game they got bulldozed. He threw two picks against Wazoo. Uh, he threw a pick against uh, Arizona State. Uh, he didn't really do much uh, outside of the UCLA game, but they were getting smoked. He threw for 325 yards. So, I mean, you know, if you can pick them off early or you can at least make them – if you can do it, it's going to be hard to replicate what they did against Anthony Richardson. But if you can get in a guy's head like they did with Anthony Richardson as, you know, a quarterback who's still young, only his second year in college, first year in the SEC, man, I mean, I, I just think this is the game. And we talked about this earlier. You got to get it. You got to get out to a fast start on both sides of the ball because you can screw with their quarterback's confidence, and you can give your offense confidence that they can go down the field and score every time. So, um, I think even with the trickery they're going to roll out, they're going to do a lot of different things. It just feels like you know Kentucky's defense will be one early mistake away from kind of just taking control of this thing. Yeah, and I'm you know, and I'm you know, real quick, I'm just not a. I think the, the Jackson Dar has talent. Now, don't get me wrong. But I'm not a believer in him yet. He will have to show me something that I haven't seen. And, I, you know, I don't think it will come this week. I just don't think – I think it's a bad matchup for Ole Miss. I think Kentucky is a good matchup for him. You know, I really do believe that. 
as long as you can, you know, suppress the tempo early and don't allow them to get the rhythm going, I think, uh, I think, and I think that's why you, you may see some, you know, jokes and whatnot from the coaches. I think they got a, a kind of a quiet confidence going um, with this, I, you know, and obviously it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a tough game. Ole Miss got talent, but I, I do think Kentucky know that they have some things up their sleeve that they they may have the upper hand on. You heard it here first from Jalen Whitlow. We're not going to be seeing many darts from Jalen <laughs> <on Saturday. laughs> Yeah, I don't think so either, especially if he throws a pick early. Yeah, and uh, you already broke in with the with the Aaron Judge news. You with the being a Yankee fan to the core. Me being the O-head on the podcast, too, you know, and uh, just saw that the rapper Coolio has passed away at age 59. Oh, 90s 90s rap icon. Yeah. Y'all young fellas, but y'all know him, too, but, you know, rest in peace. Coolio, hate to to hear that. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, not trying to to bring the podcast down, but that's just some couple little events that popped off while we recording. Um. You mentioned, Jalen, that Kentucky's defense can be in position to kind of grab control of the game and uh, kind of choke them out. They haven't seen a defense of Kentucky's caliber. And you add in the fact that it's the Jacquez Jones and Keydron Smith return game. They're coming back to Austin. And, you know, they don't know every single thing that they're doing this year, but they're familiar. They got got a little some intel and they know how stuff works. So, you know that's that's that plays yeah. in too, and they're gonna be motivated to, to show out and, and get a W back in the Grove. Yeah, those guys were both on the podium today, and you know you brought up Rich Gangrel's comment about the uh, you know using the guys to be stupid not to talk to them, and uh, Will Levis uh, and those two guys actually uh, met <laughs> overnight, I guess uh, Sunday in the tight ends room, break of all places. He, made, he laid it out specifically uh, that they were doing some film study together, and yeah, basically, uh, obviously things have changed um, in the fact that you know when they were there, they had Matt Corral and all these future NFL wide receivers and Elijah Moore, all these guys. And um, so they're more used to the air, you know, not air raid, but throwing the ball a lot more. So, but one thing, man, those two guys both said today is the tempo is real. The tempo is real. And uh, Jaquez compared it to what we saw with Tennessee last year. And we know that that didn't go so well uh, stopping that tempo, but maybe they'll have learned from it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's such a different team and Ole Miss, it's, all these transfers. I mean, 19 transfers uh, on this team. So it's a lot of different personnel, but I don't think it can hurt just having a guy, two guys that have, you know, really heard Lane Kiffin call some shots and have worked against his defenses. So, or his offenses rather. So it's definitely something that can't hurt, but um, I I think you got to obviously Brad White said today that, you know, it, it, it it's good to have those guys. They've stressed the tempo, but the tape is the tape. We got to focus on the tape from this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and yeah, you know, I'm sure they had you know, um, Kedron and, and Jacquez probably in a room like first forty eight, asking them questions. Um, but I think uh, the valuable information you get from the tape this year is gonna, like you said, it's gonna supersede. At the end of the day. Those guys were there last year, and Jock Quist was there a while ago. Um, so you got you can't you know you got to take it with a grain of salt, you know. And Lane Kiffin knows that those guys are over here. 
So, you know, expect, you know, you just got to expect something different. You know, we're doing one of the best offensive coordinators in the game right now. So, um, head coach too, but, you know, he's a great play call. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you, you ask him questions and you ask, you know, you try to get as much information as you can out of them. But at the end of the day, you know, the eye in the sky don't lie, as they say. You got to, you, mm-hmm. you know, take the film and run with it. And, you know, with y'all running down kind of how low-key depleted they are, Ole Miss, from an injury standpoint, um, you know, from an NFL standpoint, it may be kind of like the Bills were going into that Miami game. Um, you know, which the Bills were on the road, but Miami won. Miami gutted it out. You know, Tua was concussed mm-hmm. or his back, his back was hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, – the Bills weren't at full strength. Their hides already out for the season and all that. And now Ole Miss got a lot of key pieces that, you know, maybe just going to have to force them to play one way, whether they just get the ball forced down their throat or not. They might not have a choice. And, they, you know, that that matters. There's, their depth is already taking a hit, and they haven't really played anybody yet. This is their first ACC yeah. game. and. The whole thing, you know, Tulsa put up yardage and points and, you know, so a lot of stuff is in Kentucky's favor. Yeah, there is. I mean, it's definitely it's going to be a lot easier said than done, but I just can't get over if, if all those injuries result in, in, in guys missing time. It's not like those are significant. I mean, your starting center, I mean, the guy who, you know, your quarterback trusts to snap you the ball every play, uh, potentially, you know, I guess they kind of platoon the two running backs. So, you know, one of their stable running backs there and then, you know, their top pass rusher and then one of their top DBs is out for a half. So it's a lot to overcome, but um, it, again, it, it, it's tough. And I don't know, Jalen, did you ever play an 11 a.m. start uh, either at Mizzou or one of those central time zone games? I think Mizzou. Yeah. They kicked our ass too. <laughs> Is uh, that, it can't be easy. And, nah, and they, you know, they're staying yeah. an hour away from Oxford and Tupelo where I'm staying too. Yeah, they, they got to chill with that left thing to start. <laughs> I know. Especially, especially top 25 match, top 15 match. Yeah, they, they, the Kentucky game should be an 8 p.m. game. <laughs> yeah. 7.30, 8 p.m., whatever they do, it should be a late, a late game, man. They, they need to take LSU and Auburn and throw it in the trash. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to see that, man. You know, nobody, oh, man, Auburn's awful. Auburn is like, I, you know, and I, my family's from Alabama. I go watch football on Saturdays. I like to check out, see how Auburn's doing, man. And I, I, I cringe when I see Auburn. It's, just, <laughs> it's, just, it's bad football. The, the uniforms are terrible to me. It's just nothing. I don't like Auburn. Uh, uh, that game was so ugly last week. Auburn don't know how good they had it when they had Gus Malzahn. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they let they let Gus Malzahn go. They didn't know because Auburn's not a program that you can consistently, you know, unless Malzahn is the head coach. I mean, you may go be now, you know, they may end up hiring uh Prime. They may end up, you know, that'd be fun. That. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I just but anyway, Kentucky should be playing later on in the day. The eleven AM starts, we gotta Get that out of here, man. That's just that's early. You know, it is like you the wake up call in the mornings. I mean, most guys are up at 5 30 a.m. because we got an 11 a.m. game, you know, and this and sometimes even at five, you know, you got to eat early. It's just a it's just a beast. Uh, so it's definitely for the teams that practice later in the day during the season, it, you know. So, uh, you know, they got to they got to figure that out. And sometimes these 
I know it's high pressure. Look, it's supposed to be amateur sport, college football and all this, but it's a business. And and people get caught up in that. The ADs, administration, the coaches and all that. You just mentioned Gus Malzahn. Dude got fired after eight consecutive winning seasons. You flash back to Nebraska. Frank Solich got booted after going nine and three because they thought Same they with Bob Pinelli. And they've still been trying to find what they had with Solich. Yeah, Solich won Tom Osborne and winning championships, but he also wasn't Scott Frost and tripping all over yourself either. So, I mean, yeah. be careful what you wish for a lot of these, these administrations and stuff. Yeah, as I, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think I said it on here, um, Kentucky uh, did a very, very good job of being patient with the process, uh, and it's, it's paying off now. I would, I could only imagine, you know, like you said, this is a business at the end of the day, you know, yes, it's amateur athletics and all of that, but at the end of the day, there are people here for the bottom line. I can only imagine what those numbers look like from 2012, 2013 to now. I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, they owe, they owe Stoops, you know, times 10, you know, what he's been able to do not only for football program, not only for the athletic program, not only for the university, not but for the city of Lexington in general, you know, the, the state of Kentucky, he's done a lot, man, for, you know, when your football program is, is doing well, everything else is afloat. Yeah. Um, I just heard a stat today that um, Jackson, Mississippi is up like, you know, somewhere between, you know, 25 to $30 million dollars uh, wow. Since John Sanders has gotten there, since he's gotten to Jackson, Mississippi. The economy? For the football, yeah, the economy in Jackson, Mississippi has been, you know, mega boosted since Dion said, you know, so again, you know, and we, and everybody knows this. I'm sure y'all know this, but this thing is, the, this is a real business and people are here for, are doing big business. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. So, um, you know, they stuck with them and, off. Just uh, got a message from Brad Logan. I think he's about to hop on, so we let him in when he does hop on. I was thinking he wasn't. I was about to give up on him, but he just messaged and said, <laughs> are you ready? And uh, I said, yeah. So look like he's about to hop on in here in a minute. So we'll look like we will get that little bit of Ole Miss perspective. So hopefully that'll, that'll uh, be good for the listeners, too. While we wait for him, we got to go ahead and talk about our friends at Lots of Rain. Got to get you a good time piece. Go to LaTorraine.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Put out the link to an episode a couple weeks ago, and they tweeted and said, so much LaTorraine fam on this podcast. So they familiar with you guys. We're familiar with them. Go to the site. If you got a question, hit them up in the chat. Ben and Dave will answer your question about whatever timepiece you're looking for, the Seafarer, the Atlas, the Voyager. They got so many different styles, so many different bands, affordable, made with quality and pride, and it goes on your wrist and accentuates whatever look you're trying to go for. So go to LaTerrain.com, tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Also, we mentioned all the different platforms where you can hear us. Forgot to mention the Sea of Blue they put each episode on their site. We appreciate them. You go to seeablue.com and you'll see the link to and a little article. They always put a little write-up about whatever we talked about and then all the ways you can have access to the podcast. So appreciate everybody um, 
that helps get this podcast out there to the people. And we hope to have Brad Logan on here here in just a second. Um, going back to your boy Aaron Judge, did you think maybe he wasn't going to happen when they walked him for no. the <laughs> that Barry Bonds treatment? Man. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, it was happening. They, I, you know, one, they clinched the division last night, so you can start swinging for the fences a little bit. <laughs> and two, uh, two, I think. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's pressing, he's pressing. The the dude had a 580 OPS during his, his pressing time. So uh, happy that, that he was able to finally get it. Absolutely. And with that, we'll bring our guest in here. He is a contributor to Inside the Rebels on 24-7 Sports. Got his own network. Just like Eddie Murphy. When I say he got his own money, he got his own money. <laughs> Logan Media Network, uh, Believe in Ole Miss podcast, part of Believe Network, just like we are, and WJTV Sports. Talking about Brad, Logan, Brad, man, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, sir? What's up, man? How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, doing can't complain, good, can't complain. Appreciate you taking the time out of your evening. Hop on with us. Man, I'm glad to. So what's everything like on your end, man? Got to... Cats coming to town to play the Rebels Saturday. What's Oxford like? What's the vibe like? What's the feeling like? Well, I mean, I know you've seen the interviews with Lane Kiffin, and he's kind of been on the, the crowd, and, and, you know, Ole Miss has, has not been filling up the stadium. So uh, we did learn earlier this week that it will be a great south. So we get a big crowd in Oxford. And if you're looking fast-forwarding to the weather, it's about high, I don't know, 78, 79 degrees, and uh, 11 o'clock kickoff. It'll be a raucous crowd, and that's because of what Mark Stoops has built at Kentucky. I think what Mark has done is phenomenal, and I think that uh, the good folks at Kentucky probably have something to worry about by the end of the year. But I think a lot of people will come calling. Uh, he's built a, a dynasty there uh, in the Bluegrass State, and I expect a great game on Saturday. little surprise, the line has jumped all the way to six and a half points. I, I, I do not foresee Ole Miss winning by that margin if they do win it at all. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a great SEC game, and it's you know, it's 11 o'clock kick right after Kyle's game day on Saturday. Yeah, Brad, and I think one of the, the main questions uh, fans here in Kentucky are looking at and uh, looking for Ole Miss perspective on is the injuries uh, with Ole Miss. It sounds like, you know, Zach Evans has the hit pointer, the center is down, uh, pass rusher. What have you heard on those guys? Yeah, Caleb Warren is uh, – right now he's just unavailable. And we don't know if he'll go. Ole Miss has had a couple of problems snapping the football. And so if that happens, look for Eli Acker, the right guard, to slide down and, and play center. Um, probably you're looking at uh, the freshman, um, Jalen uh, – let's see, where am I at here? Yeah, Jalen Williams, the, uh, the left tackle, will stay where he is. He may go to right tackle, and they may bring Mason Brooks in to play left tackle. So you'll have Jeremy James, of course, at, uh, at, at one of the tackles, and then you'll have uh, Nick Broker, one of the guards. So that's how the, the offensive line is going to shake up. Shake up. You pointed it out, the, the, the starting running back, Zach Evans, who's has actually cherrying the starting role the starting role yep. with freshman Quinshawn Jenkins. Both those players have been really, really good for Ole Miss running the football. They're one of the best duos in the country right now. And uh, but you're right, Zach Evans is questionable. Uh, the last I heard is he probably would go. I, I heard that, uh, you know, you talked you talked about the center Caleb Warren. I've heard that he may not go. So if that's the case, 
that Ole Miss will be in much better shape. Kari Coleman's a linebacker you were referring to. Yep. He's dealing with a lower body injury. He is going to go, from what I understand, so you can expect to see Austin Keys there at that linebacker position, along with the Sanchez Schistrunk. Now, one of the best tackers on the team, Troy Brown, disqualified against Troy for targeting Troy Tulsa for targeting, and so he will not go in the first half. So he will be a second half contributor. So that means Austin Keys, and then like I said, the Sanchez Schistrunk will probably slide in and play that linebacker role. Another injury across that defensive front, JJ Pegues, one of the better defensive tackles on this team. This defensive, defensive team is going to be rotating between 10 or 11 defensive players across that defensive line. Uh, J.J. is dealing with an ankle injury, so he is going to try to go from last week. We heard he did not play last week. In fact, uh, neither of any of the players that we discussed in Ranger played last week against Tulsa. They tried to get another week out of their belt before Southeastern Conference play started. Here in Kentucky, um, a lot of fans are – uh, I want to say, you know, pissed, a little perplexed, or a little, you know, uh, confused by the way Kentucky has been over the past few years. You know, the big blue wall running, opening holes for C. Rod and the running backs, and just the ground game that they've had. And that hasn't been the case as much this year with you know three linemen going to the NFL. Chris Rodriguez being suspended up until this coming Saturday. And they've been getting it done through the air more so, and to the point where Stoops even said, "Well, you y'all do, y'all appreciate y'all, you know, <laughs> we're looking for that run game five years ago. Y'all didn't appreciate it. Now you appreciate it. Now that we're not been able to do it, Ole Miss is kind of the flip of that, where you know Corral was throwing it around a lot last year, and now you guys got this dynamic ground game. Are the fans kind of taking a minute to get on board? Like, whoa, whoa, we gotta, you know, have to adjust." to changes year by year about how the offense kind of attacks opposing defenses. Yeah, man, I think Ole Miss just wants to win, you know, however they can do that. We're back right now with Jack Starr, the transfer out of USC. He's come in, and, and I'll be honest, he hasn't looked great throwing the football. Each week he's gotten a little bit better, but I just don't think he's 100% comfortable sitting in the pocket and throwing it around. We saw him run a lot last week against Tulsa a little bit more than he ran against Georgia Tech. He's got to learn to get out of bounds instead of trying to run over the defensive backs. And that's one thing that Ole Miss fans kind of hold their breath whenever Jackson Dark gets a big head of steam. But I think the good news for Ole Miss is, is you know, already solidifying that running game with Quinshawn Jenkins, the, the talented freshman out of the state of Alabama, has done a really good job early on, not only, you know, running hard, but to find the hole, you know, get behind those offensive linemen, hitting the correct hole. That's one thing that, that Ole Miss struggled with last year is they had opened up some good holes for the running backs trying to dance around and just wouldn't get up in there and go. And that's one thing that Quinshawn Jenkins does very, very well. He's, he, he does a great job of, of getting behind his blockers and taking advantage of the holes that he has. The problem, I think, for Ole Miss defensively is you've got Will Levis coming in. The quarterback for Kentucky is very, very highly touted. For every good reason you can imagine, he'll play in the NFL, I think, one day. He's a great quarterback. The problem is Davis, Davis Brams, quarterback out of Tulsa, that averaging four, over 400 yards a game passing the football. And in fact, the first drive drove it down Ole Miss's throat through the air, got hurt, you know, midway through the first right. quarter and just just wasn't able to do a whole lot after that. So they brought their backup quarterback in who did a good job kind of running and I think will be a, a good uh, a good quarterback for Tulsa, but he wasn't as good as Davis Brennan. And, and, of course, Ole Miss came out on top. The problem, I think, Ole Miss defensively is they did not stop Davis Brennan at all. And I think what we're going to see on Saturday is going to be Will Levis is going to be much better, I think, in my opinion, than Davis Brent. How does Ole Miss combat that? You know, I think they're going to force Kentucky to throw the football, vice versa. 
Kentucky's got C-Rod coming back in. Obviously, off that expe- uh, that uh, um, you know was able to play the last couple of games, and so the suspension is what I'm trying to say. So they've got him coming back, and I think it's a two-headed two-headed monster. That, you know, the questions I've kind of looked at after watching the Kentucky tape is what receiver is going to step up for the Wildcats. You know, I haven't seen anybody that's kind of jumped off the page. Contrary to that, you look at Ole Miss, and I don't see a receiver with the exception of Jonathan Mingo and maybe a Malik Heath, a transfer from Mississippi State, that really jumps out on the page for me. These teams are eerie similar, and, and I think more than anything is their styles are a little different. But talent-wise, I think they're very similar, and I'm excited to see. I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. I think it's going to be one of the better games of the conference slate in the noon window. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely is an interesting matchup. But, you know, you mentioned Ole Miss wanting Kentucky to throw the ball. Is is that a testament that – and you said they had some struggles with the past. Is that a testament to the secondary and their ability? Or do you think they might – I mean, Kentucky does have, obviously, Tavion Robinson's third in the SEC in receiving. Uh, Dane Key and Barry on Brown have both been really good at receiver. And then they have a bunch of tight ends who could play. Uh, is that a testament to the confidence of the Ole Miss secondary or uh, not wanting to let Chris Rodriguez be the one to beat you? A little bit of both. But I think more than anything is they're going to put eight, nine in the box and, and force Kentucky to throw it. I don't think they're, they're going to do their best to not let Rodriguez beat them on the ground. They're going to force these receivers for Kentucky to step up and make plays because the Ole Miss secondary is really good. Uh, A.J. Finley is a senior leading this team. Uh, he's done a great job leading the team in tackles. Uh, you've got a number of players in the back half of the secondary. Otis Reese, a transfer out of Georgia. Tysheem Johnson, uh, Ladarius Tennyson. I think more than anything, Miles Battle uh, coming out the cornerback along with Davis and Igbenosen, the talented freshman out of the state of New Jersey. It is really talented. On the flip side, they're not as talented at linebacker. So I think more than anything, they're going to do their best, put a lot of pressure on Levis, make him go to the air, stop the running game, and kind of put it on this secondary. That's what I think Gomez is going to do defensively. I think Chris Parson, uh, Partridge, who took over from D.J. Durkin, who took the job at Texas A&M, Partridge is going to bring pressure. Uh, we, we've seen him do it all year long, and I think he's holding out. Uh, just like I think Ole Miss, you know, for the lack of a better word, uh, Lane Kiffin along with Charlie Weiss Jr., I think they've held some things for Kentucky. They understand that this, this, is, where, this is what matters. I mean, not to say that Tulsa and – Troy and Georgia Tech didn't matter. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But the rubber meets the road because this this game on Saturday, if Ole Miss gets past Kentucky, if Auburn turns around and can beat Vanderbilt the following week, then all of a sudden you're looking at a team yep. that, that has Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi State, and LSU remaining. That's an opportunity to have not only a good season but a great season. If they, if they can't get past Kentucky, then all of that is kind of off the table and just, just trying to scrap around and make an outback bowl. But as long as you beat Kentucky, you go forward, you can beat Vanderbilt, and they beat Auburn, and then roll the dice with Texas A&M and then, and then Alabama coming up, you just kind of shoot your shot. You, you're alleviating that landmine. You know, they haven't had that landmine so far with Troy uh, and, of course, with, with Tulsa and Georgia Tech on the road. So far, they've done well with that. But this is a game that you have to win. Just like, you know, Ole Miss is in a position. They, they've won 10 games. They're 15-3 and three after their last 18 games. I mean, the numbers in their favor, along with Kentucky. Mark has done a great job at Kentucky. But if Ole Miss is hosting Kentucky at home, that's a game they need to win. In Kentucky, we're saying the same thing. If right. If Ole Miss, then you got South Carolina and Mississippi State and hope you go to Knoxville undefeated, 15-3 uh, and three in the last 18. So the similarities are, are eerie, like you said. 
Uh, Jalen, man, if, if, if I'm cutting you off, get in here if you got a question for Brad too. Or... Uh, I was just uh, just soaking it all up. I mean, that's a lot of information. But, I, you know, one of the things I think with the matchup this weekend, I think one thing is going to be interesting is, you know, like Brad said, if they do want to, you know, stack the box and make – I would think, you know, just from watching the games, in my perspective, uh, Will Levis looks extremely comfortable right now. Yeah. And they seem to have uh, they seem to have five guys at receiver there, like not even tight end, just the receivers that seem to be pretty reliable. Three of them are super explosive uh, right now, and I think um, it'll be interesting to see how Ole Miss kind of play defense because they know Chris is coming back, uh, but they also know there's a first round draft pick behind center, uh, and you know maybe some future draft picks at receiver catching the ball, so. It's kind of a, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, in every SEC team get this for the most part, you know, unless you're like maybe, you know, maybe a Vanderbilt or something, but everybody else, no disrespect, Auburn. <laughs> no, no, no disrespect but, you know, you're going to get every week, you're playing a great quarterback and great players. And it's like, you know, anybody can kind of beat anybody for the most part. So you got to approach it that way. So I'm just interested to see how old Miss approach the game from a defensive perspective. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I've said all along, Will Levis may single-handedly beat Ole Miss. If he does, I'll tip my hat. That very well could happen. But I do know that Ole Miss is going to do their best to not allow him to sit back in the pocket and just throw it at Will. Now, I'm not saying that he he's not going to have that opportunity. He very well could. That offensive front for Kentucky could, you know, put a wall around that Ole Miss's defensive front, and they may have their way with Ole Miss. That very well could be happening. But, but I'm just saying, Ole Miss is going to do their best and not allow Will yeah. to sit back and pick them apart. I do know that. And the other thing, that, uh, kind of a two-parter, what kind of – with Ole Miss fans, what's kind of the mindset with Kentucky? Because when I was, you know, talking to Florida people a couple of weeks ago, getting ready for that one, you know, they're still – they they're not worried about Kentucky. They're only worried about Kentucky when you know it's hoop season. They're not worried about they're not worried about the football team. What's kind of old Miss fan base thoughts on Kentucky, and then just your experiences with a couple of the guys coming back and Jaquez Jones and uh, Keedron Smith, who are both pretty amped up for this one. I, I can imagine those are great uh, great young men. By the way, yeah, I wish them nothing but the best. But look, two years ago, if Kentucky hit in the box an extra point, they would have beat Ole Miss in Lexington. So, I mean, I don't think Ole Miss fans have a lot of room to talk <laughs> in regards to their disdain for, for Kentucky or the Bluegrass State. Look, over, I guess, over the – up until the last five years, it was always Kentucky started the year 7-0 and and finished 7-5. and You know? Yeah. And Mark Stoops kind of changed the culture. And it's not easy to change cultures, guys. You know that. It's hard to come in, especially when you've got – someone with an ego like John Calipari right down the street. And, <laughs> and you know, it's hard to turn that. And, and Ole Miss doesn't have that here. The, the cash cow is football, and there's no doubting that. And so that's not something Lane Kiffin has to fight. But from Mark Stu's perspective, I have a lot of respect for him. that He's been able to do that. He's turned it. I'm not ready to say Kentucky's a football school, but I'll say this. Kentucky is not a team that everybody laughs at. Kentucky is not a team that, that Ole Miss and its fans are not respecting. Because specifically over the last five years, Kentucky's been the team that's all of a sudden it's 8-0, 7-1 down the stretch. I don't know what the records are against Tennessee and South Carolina, but that's been the nemesis over the last, what, 20 years. It's just been hard for, for them to consecutively or consistently beat Carolina and, uh, and beat Tennessee in the latter part of the year. So far, that's changed. Now, I think this year's game is going to be him. I think Tennessee's got a good team. I think Hennon Hooker yeah, maybe, you know, knocking knocking on the door 
of Bryce and Bryce Young as one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. I have no doubt about that. So that's a fun one, and I, I'm excited to see it. But you, but to answer your question, I mean, Ole Miss fans are not at all looking past these Wildcats. I can assure you. I know none of the media, um, the the number of shows that I've been on this week, uh, whether it be Kentucky media or Ole Miss media, everybody's excited about this, and I really do believe. In 15 and three. I mean, that's the number that that, that I keep coming back to. Yeah, These teams, teams. The, the, you know, Ole Miss and, and Kentucky, they don't have the greatest history in college football. Uh, they don't have the records that, that maybe the Floridas or the Auburns or the Alabamas have. But over the last 10, 15 years, these two teams have been upper part of their conference in regards to their regions or, you know, side, east, west, what have you. And I think they're very similar. And I think, like I said, I just keep coming back to it. I think Saturday is just going to be a fun football game for if you're sitting in somewhere in Iowa or Idaho and you're looking for college football, 11 o'clock on Saturday on ESPN, you're going to want to be tuned in because I think it's going to be a fun, fun game. So, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to get a, a couple quick things about you, Brad, before we let you go. Are you, bo- are you born and raised in Mississippi or did you move to Mississippi or – Yes, I am. I, um, I, I've lived here in Mississippi all my life. Uh, and have, I've been blessed to cover a number of teams in Mississippi, both Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Southern Miss uh, for the Clarion Ledger. And then, of course, um, I have a master's degree from Delta State University, which Delta State won the national championship back in 2000. And, uh, you know, the, the state of Mississippi, along with our historically black colleges, with Mississippi Valley, who's got a storied history with Jerry Rice, yeah. with Willie Cotton, yeah. and so much they've been able to do. And now, a lot of the spotlight is, is on the city of Jackson because of what Dion has brought to Jackson State. And so there are a lot of great programs in Mississippi. And I haven't even talked about our junior college programs. Uh, you look at what Jones Community College did, June Junior College did last year, and that's won the national championship. East Mississippi, uh, Scuba, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Netflix. Uh, wow, that was, the, that was that, awesome, uh, man. Last yeah. and that's, so the Mississippi is a very, very rich, rich uh, place for college football. And not only our high school football, which is – as you guys know, the state of Mississippi churns out more per capita in the NFL than any country, any uh, state in the uh, United States. So, yeah, grew up here, and, and I love the state of Mississippi. I love our football, and uh, really excited about Saturday. And two, I, I know you, you know, still basking in that glow. So just go ahead and, and tell us how happy you were when Ole Miss barely gets into the College World Series, but y'all mow everybody down. Oh, that was awesome! Hoist that trophy. So, I mean, I know y'all still proud about that to have you know over the summer so they barely got into the sec tournament yeah and that's they barely right. got into the ncaa tournament and then they barely got into the college World Series. So <laughs> they just kind of backdoored their way all throughout the regionals and then hoisted the trophy at the end of the year i mean look i mean after mississippi state took two out of three and arkansas took two out of three this season was over and my bianco knew that and everyone that covered the program knew that. I mean, it's all about going after a coach. I mean, you're looking at the hot board now. You're looking at Cliff Godwin from ECU. You're looking at Dan uh, Dan McDonald from Louisville. Those were the one and the twos. And so it was over. And all of a sudden, they got high. That's what Tim Elko, the senior first baseman, that hit, uh, I think, he the home run record for Ole Miss. He kind of made the comment, don't let the Rebs get hot. And they did. Yep. And they ran rough shot through uh, – through the College World Series, they were the best team in the country by the end of the year, and that's all that matters. And it is absolutely uh, – it was fun to cover, and I enjoyed following that team, and it uh, it was fun to watch for sure. Now, about a decade before you guys, we had a similar situation with Kentucky winning the national championship in basketball in 2012. 
The hated rival Louisville wins it in 2013, even though it's, you know, had to get vacated and all that because of all the issues. But anyway, y'all had Mississippi State win the College World Series, followed by Ole Miss winning the College World Series. I know Auburn and Alabama with the Egg Bowl gets more national notoriety. I'm sorry, the Iron Bowl gets more national notoriety as far as fans are concerned. But tell us a a little bit about that Egg Bowl, because I always watch that thing on Thursday because it is pure hate and it's just so fun and intense. So just just tell us about the Egg Bowl and and, and, and what it's like in the atmosphere and, and, and the vibe of that, man. Yeah, with the, with the exception of maybe a handful of years, I've been to every egg ball since 1987. And uh, it is absolutely pure, unadulterated hate. I mean, it's, it crosses family lines. It uh, It's mother and father. I mean, it's it's father-son. I mean, it's it's in every family and every fabric in the state of Mississippi and all throughout. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pure hate. And so it's one thing. It, it's kind of gotten better. Uh, when Dan Mullen uh, left and went to Florida, and then uh, Hugh Freeze left and went to – well, he got fired, and then he ended up at Liberty. Uh, anyway, so it was when he, between Hugh Freeze and Dan Mullen, they they really got fired up, and they went after each other's throat. And when Dan Mullen talked about school up north, and that just fired up the Mississippi State fans. It's not near as vitriolic as it was in the mid-2000s with Dak Prescott. The Mississippi State no Miss were, I think, one in three in the college football playoff back in 14, and that's when it was at an all-time high. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been so much fun. I look forward to that game every year. Uh, but as one of my Ole Miss fans uh, told me last year, uh, it's like going to the dentist getting a root canal. Yeah. Uh, you know the end result's probably going to be okay for Ole Miss, but it's the point of getting there that makes it so painful. Exactly. Exactly. Um and this is Kentucky's first trip to Oxford in 12 years. Stoops is the second most tenured coach in the SEC and still hasn't been to Oxford. So for the Kentucky fans that are going to go down and make the trip, for those listening who aren't making a trip, just, just paint a picture of what that experience is like at the Grove and why it has deservedly earned this great reputation that it has. Well, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of the Kentucky fans. Being the early kick, there are a couple of things that you'll have to do. I'm a, I'm going to make the assumption that if you're not staying in Oxford, you may be staying on the Outer Banks, maybe in Batesville, Grenada, or possibly Holly Springs. So that means you're probably getting up at 7 o'clock driving in. If that's the case, there's not going to be a lot to do before the game. It's going to be all you can do to get to the stadium and get in before kickoff because it's going to be absolutely jam-packed. But after the game, I encourage all of uh, the Kentucky fans to go to the Grove. The Grove is not a terrible walk to the square. So what you would do is just go hang out in the Grove after the game. It's going to stay open until 6.30. So uh, if you want to hang out there all the way to 6.30, I can incur- I- I'll encourage everybody to just go find a tailgate and say hello. Tell them where you're from. Uh, they'll open up the, the, the tailgate to you. You can watch TV. Uh, the Mississippi State A&M will start at 3, so you'll be able to watch some games there and enjoy the Grove. Uh, you can walk there to the square. That's where you'll have all types of different restaurants, all types of different bars where you can eat. The, a lot of the bars have rooftops on them, so you can go hang out there at the rooftop and, uh, yeah, just really enjoy yourself. So that's definitely what I would do to enjoy the city of Oxford. And the good news is, is there are plenty of places to park. I encourage you to go to OleMissGameDay.com. They'll show you the uh, what we call the Northwest Community College lot. 
you can pay like I think if it's pays if it's anything's like five bucks or whatever, and they'll shuttle you to the stadium. There's no way to park on campus, so you'll just need to go to OleMissGameDay.com and find out where you need to go. In regards to parking, go ahead and park, get a shuttle to the Grove. The Grove is it's such a short walk to the stadium. It's a straight shot, and uh, you'll have an incredible time. Uh, I know Mark is looking, uh, by the way, looking to get a, a his first win over an SEC Western Division team. That's right. That's something that he has uh, has not been able to get. Very well, could get that on Saturday. And tell us, we know you're part of the Believe Network, like us. You do believe in Ole Miss, so tell us when you record. We we've seen all the great guests you've been having on. When do you record? And tell everybody also about all the other uh, outlets you work for and where people can access your content. Yeah, try to go a couple times a week, whether it be on Tuesday, uh, to be available to the public on Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. What I like to do is get the highlights from our friends at Learfield Audio. And, uh, you know, my show is more of a meat and potatoes type deal, not a lot of opinion. We like to give folks numbers, uh, you know, rushes, stat, uh, sacks, and scoring highlights from Voice of the Rebels, David Kellum, and that sort of thing. So with Tuesday and then Thursday, I like to have a guest of the opposition. This week we're having Buzz Baker who was a part of that Jefferson pilot crew from Lynch. all those years. And, and of course, uh, Buzz works there uh, in Lexington at, at, a, uh, at a television station. So we're excited that that, that will be airing uh, either on Thursday or on Friday. So we're excited about that. interview. Uh, but yeah, I do a ton of work with CBS and uh, inside the rebels at 24 uh, seven sports affiliate. And also our CBS friends at WJTV and Jackson and WREG and Memphis. We have a pregame show that we air uh, live on location from Baltimore Way Stadium for each home game. So, uh, yeah, stay busy. But, uh, boy, I love it. I love college football just like you guys do, and I appreciate you having me on tonight. Absolutely. Buzz is a legend. Had him on a few weeks ago. And, Brad, man, we appreciate all of your knowledge. It's at Believe in Ole Miss and at Brad Logan, C-O-T-E, man. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule and all the other shows you've been on, but you took a little time to hop on here with us, man. We, we appreciate it, Brad. Anytime. Thank you. It's Brad Logan, believing Ole Miss, hopping on here to give us that rebel perspective, fellas. Glad he was able to get on here with us. Yeah. Glad uh, we were able to catch up with him and uh, yeah, it should definitely be a really good game. But uh, the more we talk about it, man, I like Kentucky in a lot of different phases of the game, uh, especially if they could rattle the, uh, this quarterback early. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I, I like the matchup, you know. Um, I kind of stand by what I said, man. I just don't, you know, I don't see how Ole Miss could, especially with the guys being out, you know, that's a lot to replace. Yeah. It's, you know, and I'm sure they're going to fight and it's going to be a game. But I think Kentucky has to – they just got to go out there and just play, the, play, you know, play the game, execute. Uh, but I, I don't agree with him with the, the with the Mark Stoops. I, I don't think Mark Stoops is going anywhere as far as, you know, coaching jobs. I mean, if you think about it, you know, where is he going to go? You know, and why, why, why and why would he? You know, uh, you know, there's no – you why, know. Why would you leave the SEC, which is already one of the hardest 14 jobs to get, you know, and – Unless it's, uh, I agree with you. The only jobs I could really see right now, like it'd have to be Iowa because it's his alma mater, and maybe even with the mess they are, maybe not even them. And then like Ohio State, Alabama, you know, the the kings of the sport. I, I just don't think, especially with 
the recruiting. I know on paper this class isn't great, but they're going to hit that transfer portal, man. They're going to get they're going to get a big time quarterback like they did with Will, and uh, there's too much good. Yeah, I mean, it, I right mean, now. I I, just, I think that I would be extremely shocked to see it. If yeah, that, I mean, I think Iowa is hard to get good recruits there. Um, you know, you gotta go yeah. to the home fields. It's just tough. The I only mean, the only reason I say that is because of how <laughs> highly he's talked about them. Yeah. And you know, he was he's an alma mater. That's his team outside of Kentucky, no doubt. I think what he's built right now is so is so good that you know, I mean, this guy's about to have a statue yeah. uh, somewhere around you know that stadium soon. Um, I just don't see why you would leave. I mean, you will be. You know, you you win a you win an SEC championship at Kentucky. I mean, I mean, they may rename. It might be Mark Stoop Field. I mean, Mark Stoop University. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're gonna rename that thing. I mean, I, I just I, I really believe that. I mean, and he had they can do it. You know, yeah, I really, no, they're really loaded. So I just don't think even if Bama came open. I mean, who want to follow an else footsteps? I mean, you know, what I'm saying it's nothing you could you can't do anything but go down. Uh, you know, realistically, you're not going to, you know, you can't outdo that. So I just don't understand, you know, why. And I see people online talking. Now, the thing is, um, with all these jobs popping open is, uh, I said, I tweeted the other day, Brad White. Uh, I know. For Georgia Tech. You know, Brad White for Georgia Tech, Nebraska. Um, you know, it, it, it's a matter of time. You know, and I, fans are like, oh, I don't say that. I mean, whatever, dog. Like, it's, it's, it's a matter of time for you know, good yeah, coaches yeah. become head coaches. So, um, so that that may happen. But you know, I think they got such a good thing going right now, man. You don't want to. I, I think Stoops is right at home. Yeah, and you, he's built it. Why you don't want to just leave right in the middle? This is his baby, man. You got, <laughs> got it from the hard times when you was there, Jalen, to where it's you built it into something where you can look back and say, "Wow, look, look what we've built." And to me, it'd be hard to leave that kind of right when you can be proud of all the building that you've done. It don't, it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about you know he got a son in high school there. It's yeah, just, yeah. I just don't, I, I don't see that. I mean, he's fifty five years old. I just don't see him wanting to go to another place and kind of start over. Yeah, you know, it could happen, but I, I don't see it. I just don't see the value in leaving there. Yeah, no, he has, he has anything. I mean, if he wanted to, you know, he can do anything there. I mean, you know. The connections you made with the people, boosters and everybody, you know, uh, in that state, I just don't, I just don't see it happening. I mean, constantly beating up on Louisville. Uh, now the only team to beat up on is really Tennessee. I mean, going to, you know, Tennessee and Georgia. That's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Tennessee and Georgia. Um, and you know, the Georgia thing is always going to be tough because Georgia always going to have great teams. Um, but you know, it's just chipping away at what they've already chipped away at. You know, you really only have, you know, I know anybody can beat anybody on any given day, but, you know, you, you make the argument right now that Kentucky out of the last, you know, however many years, four years or whatever, Kentucky is the third best program in SEC. Um, yeah. You can kind of start to make that argument, you know, and I, and I say this and people may find this offensive. I don't care. I'm just going to say it. If Kentucky went 10 games this year, Kentucky is a football school. It's always about <laughs> what have you done for, for me lately. For me lately. You know, that's the that's just the truth. Yeah. What, what, what have you done for me lately? That's what people care about. Like what they don't see 
20 years ago no more. They Dude, see, what have you done for the past two years? Yeah, you know, it goes both ways too, right? If John Calipari wins a national championship this year, no one's going to remember they lost to St. Peter's. No one's exactly. going to care about that you ever know, again. If, if, if they win a national championship this year, you know, basketball school. Yep. They don't win this year. They do what they did last year or do what they did the year before that. And Kentucky wins 10 games, go to a New Year's Six Bowl or whatever, or make the playoffs or whatever, win SCG championship, football school. That's just how it goes. <laughs> and that's just how people see it. You know, yeah. y'all, y'all, know, y'all know the truth. Mark Stoops is more popular than John Calipari right now. Oh, 100%. Which, uh, if you had said that 10 years ago, someone might have called you insane and put you in the hospital. See, yeah, when, <laughs> when I was walking those streets, man, and, and the guys who came in with me, you know, I, we came in right after the national championship. Right. Right after Kentucky basketball won it all. Or right after Anthony Davis and all those guys. So, I mean, you couldn't – I mean – you couldn't say anything about the basketball program at that point. Right. It was just, I mean, football, we were just like a fly on the wall. You know, without, you know, things have things have changed. Uh yeah. things have changed, man. So again, it is, it, they can change that narrative if uh they, they do what they, they can do this year. So we'll see. Absolutely. Man, fellas, we covered a lot of stuff, got it all in, got the Pre uh, the recap for Northern Illinois previewed Ole Miss. Brad Logan hopped on and gave us some Ole Miss perspective. Uh, appreciate y'all coming in every week. Aaron Gershon, check him out at the Cats Pause. Always putting out great content there. Check out his stories and articles he's writing. Gonna be down there in Oxford, so covering the game. So follow him on Twitter. He always has the thread going. Uh, Cover, cover, covering the game, giving you the play-by-play and what's happening. Appreciate Jalen Whitlow, the QB, your perspective, man, your insights. Just appreciate y'all hopping on, doing what you do, and thanks to Brad Logan as well. So appreciate it, fellas. We'll get this one out to the people. Y'all subscribe, rate, review, leave a comment, and we look forward to doing this again next week, fellas. Appreciate y'all, man. Anytime, man. Anytime. For AG and Jay Witt, this is Vinny Hardy for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Hope y'all enjoy it. We'll see y'all next week, hopefully talking about 5-0 and and a dub over Ole Miss. Y'all take care, and we'll holler at y'all later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.